This is the Power Pies Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. We're on the second to last chapter of First Timothy, so let's just read it and then we'll pray. It's a long one. Hold on to your hats. Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father, to the younger men as brothers, the older women as mothers, and the younger women as sisters, in all purity. Honor widows who are widows indeed, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family, to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. Now, she who is a widow indeed, and who has been left alone, has fixed her hope on God, and continues to in entreaties and prayers night and day, but she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead even while she lives. Prescribe these things as well, so that they may be above reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Than an unbeliever. A widow is to be put on the list only if she is not less than 60 years old, having been the wife of one man, having a reputation for good works, and if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has assisted those in distress, if she has devoted herself to every good work, but refused to put younger widows on the list. For when they feel sensual desires and disregard of Christ, they want to get married, thus incurring condemnation, because they have set aside their previous pledge. At the same time, they also learn to be idle, and they go around from house to house, and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies, talking about things not proper to mention. Therefore, I want younger widows to get married, bear children, keep house, and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. For some have already turned aside to follow Satan. If any woman who is a believer has has dependent widows, she must assist them and the church must not be burdened, so that it may assist those who are widows indeed. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Those who continue to sin rebuke in the presence of all, so that the rest also may be fearful of sinning. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of his chosen angels to maintain these principles without bias, doing nothing in the spirit of partiality. Do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily and thereby share responsibility for the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. No longer drink water exclusively, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some men are quite evident, going before them to judgment. For others, their sins follow after. Likewise also, deeds that are good are quite evident, and those which are otherwise cannot be concealed. So we have some 
this is like a little uh, little booklet and with notes at the end of it and then a direct um, addressing to Timothy and apparently his stomach problems so we're gonna start at the top and we're going to talk about how culture plays in to the specifics of this chapter. Because if you deal with partiality, deal in partiality, as the end of the chapter tells you not to do, you are going to start treating women like children, according to this passage. But if you do not take in consideration the cultural context which is thus women could not own property um, they could not get an education they probably didn't have jobs that went beyond cleaning so we are not talking about a part of this society now we have women single moms working three jobs they are not idle and should not be treated like they're idle. This is a cultural context thing where churches um, and what Paul writes is that the church is responsible and that is something that we have thrown off in our non-community oriented society is that when uh, older people, widows, widowers are struggling um, there's got to be another way, just any other way, but the church's responsibility. <clears throat> Paul does not even give room for this argument. Because the principle in scripture is what's your business is my business. And vice versa. Um, I've been discussing again politics and probably making people mad um and i came to the realization no matter how much i try to clarify what it is i mean um clarify my motives for bringing up political discussion um if you don't want to understand you won't understand um, or whoever. And this is basically the, the first part of this. If you want to deny the fact that anybody who is idle is going to be an idiot, then we can stop our conversation. Our whole culture um, you're talking about, I have to turn on the light because the sun keeps going behind the clouds and I cannot see. Um, our culture wants to get rid of tensions. Our culture wants to read this passage and say, Paul hates women. Paul treats women like children. The whole culture society treated women like children. What he did was give them a way to get taken care of and grow them into actual works working out of their faith by helping other people. So we, our choice is to sit on our hands in our privilege or reach out to others and help them. And so as I was discussing this political 
stuff that I talk about. Um, we all have a functioning politic, whether or not we claim it. And our politic affects other people. This is the interaction. This is the quote-unquote rules that govern our culture and society. Put our politicians on the side. That has nothing to do with anything as far as I'm concerned. We run our lives by a politic. And to try to be apolitical is, first of all, BS. And it's very privileged. It takes no one else into account but me. And we've become hedonistic. And we've become materialistic. And we've become echo chamber-ish. And we don't even realize that because we don't talk about politics, we throw other people under the bus. Because we refuse to put in a word, because we refuse to deal with the tension, because we refuse to go forward and seek justice, we throw people under the bus. Hey, you know what? I don't care what your politic is as long as it's on the table. And you've got to be willing. This is the... This is the the crux of the issue. You've got to be willing to have your ideas filtered out. But that's not what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people that cannot deal with tension. We're dealing, myself, you know, included at times. We can't deal with it. We can't deal with tension and we can't, we can't deal with people like sifting through our crap to make sure that it's going to be ingredients for a meal. We bring all the junk groceries to the table and people are like we are not using the rotten cabbage of an idea and we get offended right and we walk off with our rotten cabbage and nobody is better off bad politics kills Paul here is setting up what Republicans, quote-unquote, would call socialistic society. <laughs> Great how we just label things. And we do not qualify our beliefs with Scripture. Now, I'm just going to ask you, you straight. Would Jesus put immigrants in a cage on the border? No, he wouldn't. Would Jesus erase women and their identity? No. He wouldn't. Do you inform your... Because you have one. You have a functioning everyday politic that you run your rules, you run your life by. And you expect other people to respect that. Yes or no? That's a politic. No one is an island. No one. And so Paul's like throwing out a line 
making sure widows are taken care of, and it's socialism, is what Republicans would call it. Take care of your own. Stay in your community. Take care of your parents. Give what you have. Stop running around and being self-absorbed. Realign yourself to the responsibilities you have through your church. Yes, you do have responsibilities. We just don't like them. We think this life is about us. We think no one should tell us. He's false telling people what to do. And he's pretty darn specific. Now, there's widow, widow, and there's kind of a widow, and then there's widow that takes care of other widows, and like specific. We are ultra individualist, or we check out. Well, I'm just not going to discuss this. as if we can live our lives apolitically. All of y'all apolitical people, you go move to North Korea and then get back with me in a couple of weeks. It's ludicrous. You'll find out that you want people to be aware of your plight. You want people to be informed of injustice and work toward justice. You'll find that you want food on your table. Most people that are apolitical, they got food in their cupboard, they got a car in the garage, and they've got a job. It's just not reality. Of course Jesus was political. Of course he was. He turned the whole thing over. Rome fell right after he rose again. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it was a totally pagan, immoral society. But the Holy Spirit dropped and things changed. Now, do I think some law, some politician is going to be my savior? Absolutely not. But I'm saying we are responsible. Even based on 1 Timothy 5, we are responsible for other people. We are responsible to be culture changers. We are responsible to speak out on injustice and do something about it. Yes, we are. There's no two ways about it. When Jesus rescued that woman that was caught in adultery, it was not just those six men that were confronted and ashamed. He walked in on a political 
social, religious norm. Money changing anyone? And turned it over. Now, all of a sudden, the ultra-apolitical are like, oh, I thought that was a, that was a, that was a non-violent, that was a non-violent intervention, and he was saving somebody's life. He was also turning over a religious, social, political norm. Deal with the tension. This whole first part of this chapter is tension after tension. If you're not this, then you're this. And don't be careful of this. And consider this. This is the wording through this whole first part. Yeah, you're sitting around, you're going to be idle. Anybody would be. And we know now that we can apply our culture to it. Because we know mama, whose husband left her, or, she, or she's widowed, has babies to take care of, and she is not sitting around because she can get a job. And so we, we don't have to do that. And she can take care of her kids. And she can own property. By the grace of God right now. But do we have a responsibility to other people? Yes, we do. In real time. Not hyperbole. This is real. Look at this. Let's... The, the specifics of this chapter. Honor widows who are widows indeed. All right, right away, we got attention. Okay, what's a widow, not a widow? What are, we, what are we talking about? We are clarifying the word widow. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. What are we talking about? Working out of our faith. If it's acceptable to this in the sight of God, it is a faith step that we have taken. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when we don't have it all together and we're not sure we want to take care of somebody else, we take the steps to do it anyway. Now, she who is a widow indeed and who has been left alone has fixed her hope on God. Why has she done that? Because in this culture, she had to do that. She couldn't own property. She couldn't inherit property. She couldn't go to school to better her education for a better job. These were not options for her. Who she have? She had God. Now he, she who is a widow indeed and who has been left alone has fixed her hope left alone has fixed her hope on God and continues in entreaties and prayers night and day. But she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead while she lives. So she is this, but then there's this option over here. There's a, clarif there's a clarifying. There's a defining. There's a tension building. Well, who am I supposed to take care of? You're supposed to take care of We are all supposed to take care that we what? We're learning in 1 Timothy, fight the good fight of faith.
and that we take pleasure, not in our own wanton disgraces, that we take pleasure in the living God and serving others and re regarding them as we love ourselves. There's a whole new system Paul is setting up in this chapter. Whole new. Friends, this ain't survival of the fittest. This ain't what our world operates by. Well, you're screwed. Too bad. Kill those babies. They're not. We don't have time for that. I got my own things going. Guess they're not going to make it. We don't actually say that in Christian circles. We act like that in Christian circles. We don't care. As long as we got our coffee this morning, we don't care. And I think for some of us, we just don't know what. We feel helpless. We've got our eye on some big issue like the school shooting that just happened. And we feel helpless and we can't do anything about that. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. First Timothy. You want to change your culture? Live by it. It starts right where you are. It starts with the people that you influence. It starts with the people that you love. It starts with raising your kids. It starts with committing to a local church. Committing to a local church. Now, COVID threw us off the rails. But there are a thousand reasons to leave a church. I can think of several right off the top of my head. But there are no good reasons if they preach the word of God. There's a thousand reasons. We don't have this kind of thing, we don't have that kind of thing, we don't have to do that. Do that. You, you are centering. See, what is what's Paul saying here? That the center of the church is you? Is that what, what's implied here? No, that's not what's implied here at all. The center of the church is Christ's body, Christ himself, being the head. That's what church is about. It's not whether you got two shots instead of one in your coffee. It's Christ as the head and his body. But we're hopping around. And so we never become the arm 
of the body. We never become, the foot keeps walking off. The eye keeps closing. We're, we're hop, 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 hop. Because we, we're following the thousands of reasons that we could be. Not realizing that none of them are good. Good enough. So the body's spread out. Dysfunctioning. Turned in. Because we won't do this. What was the last chapter about? We won't work out our gifting. We won't commit to our gifting. What he told, what he told uh, Timothy. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance and with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Take pains. Oh, pain. No, that was me. I'm 100%. I have a pain tolerance on my toes. I have no pain tolerance. Spiritual or otherwise, I have no pain tolerance. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed. And how can you be absorbed when you're hopping around churches? Not even going to church. And I rub shoulders with these. I I do. Churches, somehow we got it that it's about us. Well, around this chapter 5. If you leave chapter 5 and you're like, yeah, church is about me. I read it again. Take care. Take care. But make sure they take care. I mean, and this is like... What? You would never hear this kind of lingo in the average Western church. Now, I'm trying as I'm as I'm talking about this, I'm trying to think of something that is that is equivalent because we don't necessarily have the problem in Western culture of female poverty. Um, to the extent that it was. Um, you could argue maybe a case, yeah, for sure. For sure, fine. But you can get a job, you can go to school, you can you can do the thing as of right now in our Western culture. So an equivalent would be like Paul getting in your business about oh, I don't know. Um Homelessness. Like that is on the rise. It's non-discriminatory. I mean, it's non-discriminative. Like it's male or female. And saying, well, does he have family? Is that you? Do the thing. I was talking to a friend about this. It is a thing to pray about it. And that's what she was in the process of. 
she has a family member that's homeless right now. It would be like Paul getting in that business. Take care of them. Do what you can. I mean, they're in different countries. She's praying about it. I'm going to leave it there. But it would be like that. There's somebody in your family that's on the street. This is not a thing. This is not a thing to Paul. Now, he gives those tension trying elements or qualifications. If she's idle, this is not a thing. If she, she can get married, she should get married. And there are qualifications, just like my friend has decided, there are qualifications to helping someone who does not want to be helped. There are qualifications here. There's, there's tensions that need to be addressed. But how community-oriented? Like specific, like now, here in the town, you, you, these guys. Right? Now we're living in our, I don't know, dream world. A political dream world. And Paul brings it back down. Do you want to turn over your culture? Do the thing. Inform your politic with God's word. And if it doesn't jive with your political party, Hmm, you don't have a political home then anymore. This first, his word first, foremost, don't join the Republican religion, follow Christ and turn over your culture. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.